Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And a good Sunday morning. Hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. I was going to say Halloween, Dr. Hilden. Dr. David Hilden is on our line as always on Sunday morning for Healthy Matters. How are you this morning? Doing great. We're getting our, our uh, holidays all kind of confused, aren't we here? But, you know, it, it is the holiday season. You know, I was I heard Christmas tunes like around the time of Halloween. So uh, whatever. It all just blends together. Whatever. But you know what? It's a good day because, you know, the Gophers won yesterday. Oh, and, my oh, gosh. Did you watch that game, Susie? I did. And, you know, I'm a season ticket holder. And my son, Ben, was born in Wisconsin big football fan. He's a Packer fan and a Gopher fan. I don't know how that worked out. Something went awry with the DNA. Yeah, something um, got mixed up on route from Wisconsin. <laughs> I was also born in Wisconsin. I was born in Madison. Oh, okay. So it was Ben. Yeah. yeah I, I, was, I worked um, in Madison. So. Oh, there you go. But you know what? I, I, we came over to Minnesota when I was just a, literally an infant or a toddler. So I don't remember that. Although I hate to say it, there is a little sweatshirt of me as about a one-year-old in a little <laughs> put-me-in Vince sweatshirt. You know, it obviously <laughs> refers to the coach at the time yeah. of the Packers. Yes, uh, right, right. So I have a little roots there, but I'm, I'm Vikings and Gophers through and through now. So, that was a um, great game. It was great. So Way ben to go, PJ Fleck. Ben he was at the game? Team. Yeah, 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 with my nephew. So they had a great time. He wrote Pandemonium at the end. <laughs> yeah, they know, even did the jump around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a great day. Great day. And PJ's a something else, isn't he, when he kisses the ground? <laughs> oh, I know, I know. And you know what? Have you ever seen a, a football coach do like the 40 faster than that guy? You know, when, when uh, in the end of the game there's a fourth down and the, the Badgers quarterback, you know, gives himself up and PJ Flex runs down the field. Holy cow, I haven't run that fast since I was about 17 to throw the challenge flag. The whole thing was really exciting. Start to stop. So today is open phone, and that's always fun because we never know what we're going to get. So we want to let folks know right away that it's 651-461-9226. That means any question you have um, from top to bottom. I know we have get interesting ones from time to time, but I want to make sure folks know they can text us. They can even call us and pop on the air, 651-461-9226. I had a chance to see you, Dr. Hilden, uh, last week at the hospital. That was kind of a fun day. Indeed, we had a little event as we welcomed uh, members of the United States Air Force. And actually, there were a few Navy uh, Navy sailors there, too. But it's mostly Air Force personnel who are, who are in our hospital right now, helping out our teams to just sort of relieve the backlog 
of of the hospital right now. And you know, and it, it was good to see you, Susie. We had uh, a lot of media there, and we were all in one uh, in in watching the soldiers basically get oriented. And then Governor Walls came, so it was quite and and Commissioner Malcolm, so it was quite an event. And we're so thankful for these from these teams. Most are from the Air Force, uh, Langley in Virginia. Not all, but most of them. And they're just um, they're highly trained, wonderful healthcare providers. Uh, they're nurses and respiratory therapists and a handful of doctors who uh, were deployed here in in support of a, a, a FEMA mission, basically. And it's it's ironic, or it, it just seems weird that that Minnesota is at the receiving end of a FEMA mission. It certainly does feel a little strange, doesn't it? It does. I've been on some of these. I went to uh, I went to Lafayette, Louisiana, ten days after Hurricane Katrina in oh. two thousand and five, and I was at the the giving end of a FEMA mission. But now we're at the receiving end, and frankly, we need it. Our whole state is under such uh, pressure in the hospitals right now that uh, it, it's a it's mildly concerning if you need a hospital for some other reason. Well, it's a little bit more than mildly concerning. It's just plain concerning. There may or may not be a bed for you available, particularly if you live in, in outstate Minnesota, yeah. greater Minnesota. There just might not be a bed that has the capabilities of what you need. We, I have learned that the doctors and nurses and caregivers at the at the smaller hospitals in Minnesota are just outstanding. But, you know, they're they're working with in a smaller hospital without all the resources and without all the teams. So it, we're just so thankful for the uh, DOD people who are here helping us out. That is great. And, again, they are at HCMC, and they're in St. Cloud as well because, as you mentioned, Outstate's having some trouble. I know that we do have uh, one caller. Do you want to pop our caller on first let's and then go. take a break? All right, let's jump right in. Steve is calling from Ham Lake this morning. Steve, you're on with Dr. Hilden. Well, thank you, Dr. Hilden. Um I am 70 and have had vein stripping in my left leg to deal with uh, bypass on my heart three years ago. I've now got an ulcer down on my left ankle that seems to be a diagnosed as stasis dermatitis and uh, maybe caused by bad valves in that leg, but there's no varicose veins and it's not swollen. And I'm wondering what else this might be and what the treatments would be. And I'll hang up. Thanks for your call, Steve. Yeah, what Steve is talking about, he has a little ulcer on his ankle. And, and stasis dermatitis, stasis simply means blood's not moving. You know, blood is just, it's not moving well. Uh, and dermatitis is a skin discoloration. Uh, it's usually a kind of a reddish, purplish discoloration of your shins and ankles. And it's due to the blood is not flowing well from your extremities, like your feet, up to your heart. And that is often, a, it's very common in people as we age. And although 70 isn't all that old, it is common for um, to have kind of bad veins. It's, often a, it's very common in people as we age. And although 70 isn't all that old, it is common for um, to have kind of bad veins. And Steve, your problem is probably complicated by the fact that you did lose one of your big veins um, for your heart. But that shouldn't cause this all by itself. You have other veins that should work. So things you can do, um, if you're having swollen legs, particularly if it's both legs, that supports the diagnosis of bad veins and bad valves and venous stasis. But if you don't have swollen legs, it could be something else. It could be simply an, a little wound that's poor to heal due to arterial insufficiency. In other words, the blood getting to your feet, not from your feet, but to your heat. Maybe feet, maybe that's not... Uh, 
completely up to snuff. It could, uh, if you happen to have diabetes, it could well be due to your diabetes. So I would just do really good wound care. Make sure that it's clean and uh, maybe a light bandage over it. But if it's not healing in just over a, a week or so, a week or two, I would definitely go and have it looked at by a wound specialist to see if there's something more going on. Definitely bad veins can do that, but it sounds like in your case, it might be just a little bit more complicated than that. All right. Thanks for the call there from Ham Lake. It is 16 minutes past 7 o'clock on a Sunday morning. It is Healthy Matters. Hennepin Healthcare, Dr. David Hilden, is taking your calls and texts at this Line 651-461-9226. It's open lines today. That means whether you want to talk about your veins or a lot of people texting in already, doctor, questions about uh, being exposed to someone with COVID because that happened. You know, a lot of people traveling. So we'll kind of get more of your thoughts on that as well right after this quick break on WCCO. Good morning. It is Healthy Matters on a Sunday morning, 20 minutes past 7 o'clock. We're taking your calls at 651-461-9226. Dr. David Hilden, Healthy Matters, and a doctor at Hennepin Healthcare, downtown Minneapolis. This is just your opportunity to call and ask whatever question that you have. And I do think this question from one of our listeners this morning about being exposed to someone with covid may be apropos at this time, Dr. Hilden, because a lot of us were with family members that maybe we had not been with in a very long time. The person particularly asked about being on an airplane. But, you know, what is that? I know every – I'll let you answer, but I also think there's CDC guidelines and there are individual company where you work guidelines because we have different than CDC. When I got it, I was exposed. So go ahead. Exactly. Yeah, the the – the, the deal is this. There's exposure and then there's exposure. Uh, and so it's all a matter of how bad is the exposure. And the texter is saying they somebody actually got a, one of those notifications from the app that you can get uh, from the state of Minnesota. It says you've been exposed potentially. So if you get one of those or if you're just wondering, here's what makes an exposure high risk. If you are, are in an indoor setting with someone who is known to be positive, that is a higher risk um, than being outdoors. It is much higher risk if you're unvaccinated. I can't even tell you how much higher risk if you're unvaccinated and you're exposed to somebody. If you are uh, unmasked, that makes it a higher risk. So in other words, when you go to the grocery store, if you're vaccinated and if you're masked, you can stand next to somebody who has COVID and you're probably going to be just fine. But on the other hand, if you're in a small enclosed space and you're unmasked and unvaccinated and you were exposed to someone with COVID, that's a much higher risk. And so you have to kind of look at your own individual situation. Being outside at Lake Harriet doesn't make you at higher risk to anything. So, you know, it's it's just a matter of, of levels of risk. So if you get one of those texts from the state saying you were exposed, I would monitor your own symptoms. I would consider what your own workplace guidance is. As you said, Susie, workplaces have different guidance 
And then I would certainly stay away from others who are particularly unvaccinated, and I would wear a mask and the like. So it's all kind of an individual thing when you've been exposed. And and, and that might change with, with the new Omicron uh, variant. We simply don't know. What's hardly. that variant? Tell me about that. Yeah, so that's the new variant. <laughs> I didn't the, hear about Omicron. Oh, you haven't heard about Omicron yet. That's the new one. All right. Omicron, uh, that's the new one that was discovered uh, three or four days ago. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, and uh, they skipped a couple letters in the Greek alphabet. You know, they're going on Greek alphabet, and Omicron's up next because they had to skip the, the, the letter new N-U, because we can't go around calling it the new variant. That'll get everybody messed up with the word N-E-W, so they couldn't do that. And they skipped the letter she, which is X, because that is an exceptionally common last name in the world. And we can't name a variant after a, a many millions of people's last name. And so uh, it is. Uh, they skipped those two, and they're on to Omicron. That is the newest variant, and that one we will see. We just don't know um, whether or not uh, that one will be... Um, more of concern or not it's it's of concern now it has a lot of mutations on it that make it more transmissible but we have yet to see whether or not that one will be revising our guidance based on that one in the coming weeks so how long did it take to understand that the delta was so awful you know what i'm saying how do we know how long it takes to tell if it's extremely transmissible yeah, that one that one became quite quickly known because it was just everywhere in, okay. I believe, India, uh, in a matter of weeks. And this Omicron one has already arrived in much of Europe. It's been found in Hong Kong, um, Israel. Uh, and so the state of Israel closed down their borders entirely. You can't enter the state of Israel for 14 days, the country of Israel. And much of, you know, you can't, uh, many countries have already closed down travel from some, the southern African countries, which is, Perhaps necessary, but perhaps not. You know, it's hard. that's a controversial one. Uh, uh, that virus, that Omicron variant, is almost certainly in the United States already. Uh, travel bans don't tend to do anything for that except delay it by a little bit. It's almost certainly here. Mm-hmm. So we uh, so um, we will see. If it's more transmissible or causes worse disease, we'll know that in just a few weeks. Well, that would be horrible to have. It would be. To have the post <laughs> the post-holiday... You know, because people will get it after the holiday and then this. So let's take a non-COVID question. This person texts us, can a high level of B6 cause tingling and numbness in the hands and feet? B6, the vitamin? Yeah. Yeah. Now, I think think it might be the other way around, a low level of B6, because you can get um, neuropathies with vitamin B6. Uh, that does happen, um, and so often we have, you know, we even give some um, some uh, vitamin B6 when we're giving certain antibiotics, particularly some of the ones that we give for tuberculosis, of all things. And so, um, yes, it is possible uh, that you can get neuropathies and neurologic problems when you're on B6. On, on the other hand, I am not aware of. Um, it's just beyond my area of expertise to know if having too much B6 causes any problems. But certainly you can have some too low okay. uh, um, B6 and have some problems with uh, neuropathies. And another texture says, what can be done for neuropathy with no known cause? What's the future look like for the disease as much as you know about that? 
Right. You know, neuropathy is um, a, a kind of a, a large, it's an umbrella term for any kind of neurologic problems that lead to numbness or tingling or other weird sensations. And it can be anywhere in your body, but most commonly we are referring to the neuropathy in people's arms and legs, particularly legs. If it's caused by something metabolic in your body, some systematic problem, uh, neuropathy can it must be treated by by dealing with the underlying problem. The most common by far would be diabetes. It's the most common cause of neuropathy in the legs because diabetes affects the nerves. And not only that, it affects the longest nerves first. So usually the, the longest nerve in your body goes from your lower back all the way to your feet. And so it's often your feet that get uh, affected first. That's diabetes. It can be caused by HIV, vitamin B12 deficiencies, anemia can lead to some neuropathies. And then there's there's the non-metabolic kind, the ones such as they're, they're more mechanical in nature. You can get a neuropathy from a pinched nerve in your spine. That leads to neuropathy. So that, that means you have to treat that pinched nerve. So there's a lot of different uh, causes and treatments. Clearly, for most people with neuropathy that's due to something like diabetes, the treatment is to treat the underlying disease. Um, that's the first thing to do. All right. It is 27 minutes past 7 o'clock. You are listening to Healthy Matters on this Sunday morning with Dr. David Hilden of Hennepin Healthcare. It's an open phones, open lines, open topic show. That means you can text 651-461-9226. You can also text that or call that as well. We'll take your call on the air, as we heard earlier from a gentleman in Ham Lake, 651-461-9226. Let's ask this one before we take our break, because I had been exposed last week. I didn't tell you that. Maybe I did. I don't remember. But I, at one point, couldn't get a rapid test, and I just wanted to get into work. So I went to Walgreens, and I did find a home test, and I did it. And it said negative, and I thought, well, is that good enough, or do I need to wait till I get my official one that I got out at the airport? I think a lot of people are having those sort of little questions as to figure out, you know, what's okay and what's real and what's not real. Right. The rapid test, and I did my first rapid test just this past week. We had my entire 15-member family, everyone do a rapid test before Thanksgiving. The rapid tests are, are, they take 15 minutes. You just swab your nostril. You don't have to stick it six inches up your nose, just inside the nostril. You put it on a little card. You put some drops of the fluid on there, and it comes out with a positive or negative. It, it's, it's sort of like, think of it like a home pregnancy test, or it's sort of like the strep test that we do in clinics. It's very, very, very good if it's positive. I mean, you can rely on it. If it says you have COVID, you do. Uh, um, and so it's very good for that. If it's negative, it may be a false negative, but you can rest a little easier knowing that your rapid test was negative. It's still got a, I don't know the numbers, but let's say something like a one in three chance of being wrong. You could still have COVID even though it's negative. So it's not quite as reliable if it's negative, but it'll sure, it's one more layer. We talk about the layers of protection that people do. If you are just wondering about going to a family gathering, everybody's vaccinated anyways, doing a, a rapid test and having it be negative can give you some reassurance. And so I do recommend it for that. I think we should all be doing them. But I also think they should be free and they should be available to everybody. It shouldn't be 12 bucks a pop like they are. <laughs> I wish they were free. In some countries, they just give them out to people because it's 
it's for our all. It's our well-being for all of us. To and get it, the, you're to talking, get done. you're talking about that one. I can buy at Walgreens. Those should be free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I th- I agree. I, I think, think they should be. They are free, and I think the UK um, right. people can just go get them. Honestly, I agree with that. Just all of us just know. All right, at least you know one way or the other. It is seven twenty-nine. We're going to take a break for a little weather, Doctor Hilton. But we want to remind folks they can call six five. You know, one way or the other. It is 729. We're going to take a break for a little weather, Dr. Hilton, but we want to remind folks they can call 651-461-9226 and ask you a question directly, whether it be about COVID-19 or any other medical situation that you're dealing with, health situation. We've got a lot of them coming in on our text about non-COVID questions as well, so we'll get to some of those right after this on Healthy Matters Hennepin Healthcare. Dr. David Hilton will be back right after this. Good Sunday morning to you. I'm Susie Jones, and Dr. David Hilden of Hennepin Healthcare is working with us this morning, helping us this morning make sense of some of our aches and pains. It is Healthy Matters. Brought to you by Hennepin Healthcare, reminding you if you have any question or you want to go in and get an appointment to get a flu shot or a COVID vaccine, that number to call at the hospital there is 612-873-6963. Or you can also go to Hennepin Healthcare, hennepinhealthcare.org slash COVID vaccine. So, Dr. Hilton, we've got a plethora of phone of text messages want to remind folks they can also call and ask a question on the air, 651-461-9226. But we want to talk about, uh, a texter wrote in about a bump on their finger from arthritis. I, have you seen, I mean, is that ki- common or uncommon? That's super common. And so with people, there's there's different reasons for people with arthritis to get bumps on their fingers. The the most common kind, if you have rheumatoid arthritis, that the, those are nodules that are inflammatory in nature. And so they can go away with treatment of your rheumatoid arthritis. So if, if that's the kind of bumps you have, and they're usually on the fingers, they're almost, um, they give that kind of deformed look that people sometimes have with their hands. Yep. Uh, those can go away with they good can? treatment of room. Yes, they they at least they can get smaller unless they're too advanced. Now there's other kind. If you have osteoarthritis, the more common wear and tear on your joints. Those bumps are actually bony growth. A little bit harder to get rid of those, and so it all depends on what kind of arthritis you have. All right, another texture writes about a giant cell, and I'm not going to say it right. Myocarditis. Myocarditis. Yeah, that's not common. But, what is um, this, that? Yeah, so this person is texting about having um, giant cell myocarditis, and that is a different kind of myocarditis. Um, this person's saying that their their ejection fraction is in the low 20s, and they haven't had a, a heart transplant yet, but that's kind of on the on the horizon. Myocarditis is an inflammatory condition of your heart. We hear about it a lot um, around this vaccine time. It's not all that common, so it's actually kind of, I don't want to say a non-issue, but it's really a, a minor issue with, with, the, with uh, COVID vaccines. You can get it from a number of things. Most commonly, you get it after having had a virus, like getting COVID. So your chances of getting myocarditis from COVID are much worse 
than from the vaccine. But this person has an entirely different kind. Giant cell myocarditis is, is of an unknown cause. It's probably something wrong with your immune system where it's attacking the muscle cells of your heart, and it's a very serious disease. And so for this person, make sure you're seeing a, uh, uh, um, a cardiologist, and, and uh, you should be on a variety of relatively powerful immunosuppressant drugs and then getting on, mostly getting on, uh, the heart transplant list. I'm not sure what more I can offer that person, but other than to say, I hope you're getting good care from a, car- a cardiologist who specializes in this, and make sure you ask that question. If see if they've dealt with that before. Six five one four six one nine two two six. If you have a question for Dr. David Hilden of Hennepin Healthcare on Healthy Matters, a texter writes, "I have high blood pressure. I take a hundred milligrams of." Lordazan once a day, also 75 milligrams of, I'm going to let you say these, hydralazine. Hydralazine. (laughs) Anyway, still in the 140s. Uh, First of all, what is the normal blood pressure? Right. So we want our blood pressure less than 140 over 90, although even that's getting a little bit too high. You'd rather... The new guidelines say it'd be better to have it less than 130 over 80. If your blood pressure is in the 110s over 70s, that's where you really want to be. But certainly just stick the number 140 over 90 in your head. If it's above that, you want to get that down. But keep in mind, blood pressure and high blood pressure is a silent chronic illness. In other words, if your blood pressure is 145 over 92 on one reading, don't panic. That's okay. Uh, it goes up and down hour by hour. Heck, it goes up and down minute by minute in your lifetime. So what you want is that you don't want it to be routinely and repeatedly 190, 140 over 90 or higher. And so if it is, if it's over that, and the higher over that, the worse it is, you're at risk for things. You're at risk for kidney failure, heart attacks, and strokes. Those are the three big ones. It's the leading cause of strokes and it's one of the leading causes of kidney failure, and it definitely contributes to heart disease. So you want to get it down. But how you get it down is less important than that you do get it down. And so if, you're, if your doctor puts you on the first one, like Losartan, it's a great first choice for this patient, uh, or they put you on a second drug like uh, um, uh, hydralazine, that's okay too. Hydralazine is a hassle to take because it's three times a day. and Nobody wants to take a pill three times a day. And frankly, nobody's able to take a pill three times a day. Everybody forgets. The best of us forget. So whatever they've got you on, it's okay. Keep taking them. You can't make it worse. Uh, uh, you'll only make it better. If you're having side effects from your blood pressure medicines, ask your doctor to switch you to a different one because of the side effects. But it's very, very common to start out on one pill and then later need another one and then later need even a third or a fourth one. Your, your blood vessels are like garden hoses. They're rubbery. They're muscular. They have to give a little bit. With every one of your heartbeats, your arteries have to just relax a little teeny bit. They give a little bit. But as we age, they become less like garden hoses and more like pipes. And so they can't give anymore. They become hard. So these, these medications are important to keeping, keeping your blood pressure down. And meditation, how does meditation work for bringing down your blood pressure? That's a great point, Susie. So you don't just have to stick with medications. Other things are so important for your blood pressure. Re- relaxation techniques, whatever that might be. It might be mindful breathing. It might be meditation. It might be yoga. It might be Tai Chi. It might be going to your therapist so that you're not so stressed in your life. It might be whatever. It might be exercise, 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 exercise. And eating less salt. 
Whatever you do, eat less salt if you have high blood pressure. So all of those things put together are super important to do even before you're on medications. If they're not altogether successful, then that's when you start the meds. All right, very good. Thank you to that texture. We also have Kathy on the line. Kathy calling from Mound this morning. How are you, Kathy? Well, Susie, thank you. I'm grateful. Thank you for taking my call, my dear. Yes, I'm grateful you called. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Well, yes, indeed. You and I enjoy you so much, Susie. Thank you. No problem. Thank you, honey. (laughs) Now, ask Dr. Hilden your question. Otherwise, we'll get sidetracked and start talking about other things. Thank you, Susie. Good morning, Dr. Hilden, and thank you for taking my call. Certainly, Kathy. Great to hear from you. Likewise, dear. Uh, Dr. Hilden, I am having a colonoscopy, a screening. Uh, I'm 74 on Tuesday morning at 9.15. May I eat a bowl of bran flakes? We're supposed to maintain, we're supposed to follow a low-fiber diet. May I please eat my post-bran flakes this morning so I can maintain some regularity? That's a good question, Kathy. And first of all, do follow whatever directions your your prep that they gave you with the prep. But since your colonoscopy is Tuesday, you're probably okay having a small bowl of that brand flakes today. Uh, it, now we've changed. We made it a lot harder for people. Well, maybe maybe it's a lot harder for people to do their colonoscopy preps because we ask you to do this multiple day thing, where we have you gradually get rid of the things that are usual in your diet. Start to eat clear liquids, and we've got everybody eating sherbet and you know chicken broth, and it's like, oh my goodness, and 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 then we have you drink this stuff to give you diarrhea. So that's all necessary because your colon, as we all know, is simply not empty and pristine, and it needs to be empty and pristine so they can see every little bit of it. Now, since it's still forty-eight hours away from your colonoscopy, I think you can eat a small amount of bran flakes this morning. And then start start now doing uh, gradually getting rid of solid foods from your diet now um, as this day wears on. And certainly tomorrow, uh, the day before, then you won't be eating that anymore. But all it's a good question. It really is. Like, what can you get away with? Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. We get asked this all the time. Don't have a steak. You know, yeah. don't, don't be eating real heavy things. Don't eat anything red. You really don't want to eat anything red. It looks like blood. And, you know, uh, they don't want, you know, so there's all these practical things um, to, to keep in mind. Yes, it's quite the, good luck there, uh, Kathy. It's quite the process. We'll take a break in a second, but I want to get to this one because it's, you know, a lot of people are doing it now that it's getting colder. Do saunas have health benefits? Oh, I think they probably do. I have a funny story. I was in literally in Helsinki, Finland, and you just everybody go find somebody from Finland, and they'll tell you that sauna cures everything from from like from skin conditions to heart disease. It probably leads to world peace as well. You know, they think you you do a sauna every single day, and I think the Finns are on to something there. Um, I did a, a sauna at a public Finnish sauna in Helsinki, and that was an experience I will never forget. A whole, you know, thirty-five naked Finnish people all all together in a sauna, and they're getting into it. I mean, it, it, they think it's got a health oh, benefit. Lord. They're probably right. It's probably good, <laughs> really. And then they all go stand on the street corner in their towels and drink beer. It was a, it was an experience oh. I'll never forget in Helsinki. But 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 seriously, it probably is helpful. It's probably good for your skin. It's probably good for a lot of things. But do. Not if you have bad heart disease or you already have kidney disease or don't do it if you're pregnant. So not if you have chronic diseases. But other than that, not if you have bad heart disease or you already have kidney disease or don't do it if you're pregnant. So not if you have chronic diseases. But other than that, 
I think I, I'm not an expert in this, but I think it's likely quite good for you. All right. It is 745-651-461922. I'll start over. Someone in the newsroom made fun of me the other day, Laura, um, Dr. Hilden, because they said I go when I make a mistake. I like that. I like that. It's It's a reset. It's my rewind voice. Anyway, 651-461-9226. It's Healthy Matters. Dr. David Hilden of Hennepin Healthcare taking your calls. It's open phone. So we want to make sure we get your calls and texts coming in. I mentioned that name. I also want to tell you, Dr. Hilden, as a, as a tease here, uh, watching CNN this morning, uh, they are dedicating some time here to that new variant that you were just talking about and possibly some travel bans. So maybe we can just touch on that again as that might be obviously becoming a more and more uh, topical as we go forward Absolutely. here in the next day or so. 746 Absolutely. on Healthy Matters on WCCO. It is Healthy Matters on a Sunday morning, the Sunday after Thanksgiving. It is 7.50. I'm Susie Jones, Dr. David Hilden from Hennepin Healthcare, taking your texts and calls. Uh, Dr. Hilden, I was mentioning that Dr. Fauci has just uh, been on CNN this morning talking more about that new variant. Let's cut. You touched on it earlier, but perhaps uh, you might just describe it. Where did it come from? Should we be worried about it? Like, what are we watching for? Right. So, you know, the all viruses mutate all the time. They're doing this every single day. And, and that, that happens with all viruses. Most of those mutations don't do anything. Um, and this happens in humans, too. All organisms, when they reproduce, they have slight changes to the next generation. That's how evolution works. And just that in humans, we live 90 years, and so it happens slowly. And it takes thousands of years for changes to happen. In a virus, it happens in a matter of weeks. Because viruses don't live that long. They just live a few days. And so if it's some little mutation just means some new little change in its DNA. And that happens all the time and most of it's of no consequence. But every now and then, some of those little changes have some consequence. And and in the, in the coronavirus that causes COVID, there's been a new variant. Uh, uh, some mutations happened um, in South Africa. And my hat's off to the South African um, people and government. And the scientists in South Africa... Notice this thing. It could be happening elsewhere too, but they noticed it in South Africa, and they they were transparent. They said, "Hey, look, this thing happened, and we don't know what the consequences of this mutation are. We simply don't know, but it is the mutations are on that spike protein. That spike protein is those little bumps that are that we've all seen in the pictures of the coronavirus. It's on that protein that allows it to attach to the human respiratory system. If that spike protein gets somehow changed that makes it more sticky to our our systems, it could be that it's easier to catch coronavirus than in the previous ones. It also could mean that the vaccines are less effective because it's that spike protein that the vaccines work with. So we just don't know. But what we do know is that it's more than one mutation. It changed. The spike protein changed a little bit. And so we just have to watch out for it. Right now, we're just watching it. We don't know if it's going to be more contagious. We don't know if it's going to cause more serious illness. And we don't know if the vaccine effectiveness is going to be reduced. But these are all things that are concerning. And since we 
it's not good to name a a, back, a virus over where it started because we don't know where it started. We don't know if it started in South Africa. That's just where the good scientists found it. So we can't blame South Africa. Don't anybody do that. We called it, we name them after Greek letters. And the next one in line is Omicron. So although it sounds like a Marvel movie, it sounds like some some technological genius uh, uh, Superman movie, the Omicron variant. That's simply a letter in the Greek alphabet. And that's what it is. So we're going to be watching it carefully to see all these things. Is it more contagious? Is it more transmissible? Is it more serious? And what do our vaccines do? It is simply, it's certainly possible. It's quite possible that our vaccines will be quite effective against it. And this will be something that we're not going to have to worry about. But it's also possible that it is something that we will have to worry about. So you're going to be hearing about it a lot over the next few weeks. I think it's probably going to be all over the news over today, tomorrow, the next day, the next day until we learn more about it. It'll take a week or two or three before we have the answers to those questions about how, how much we should be concerned. I just wanted to ask you, yeah, how concerned are you? I mean, given particularly where we are in Minnesota, if in fact it's here and it's more transmissible. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, I'm of course concerned about it. And uh, if it, the, the thing about even the Delta variant, which is so much worse than the virus we were dealing with in April of 2020, the Delta variant is a monstrous virus. If this Omicron is worse than the Delta one, it, it, it is, it's highly concerning. What most of us in medicine are most afraid of, what we're most of all afraid of, is one of these variants will, will evade our vaccines. And that is why we all need to get this vaccine, because that, um, the, the variants we have now, it, the, the vaccines work. So everybody, get your vaccine. That's the thing to do is get your vaccine, wear your mask, do the things that we all know to do, and we'll get through the Omicron thing just fine, I think. You are an eternal optimist, are you not? You have to be an optimist. Hey, everybody, follow me on Twitter if you want, Dr. David Hilden. I'll, I'll try to put some more stuff out there on that. Perfect. Love that. And we will talk to you next week on Healthy Matters on Sunday morning, 7 o'clock, each and every week here on WCCO Radio, brought to you by Hennepin Healthcare. Have a